What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your host, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. All right, guys, and uh, welcome to uh, the Gabacho Barracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast. Uh, my name is Thomas Miller, and um, as always, I am joined. Um, <laughs> I'm not joined. We are all equal parts in this podcast. I ha- We have, <laughs> I said it again, we have Dan Angel and Corey Adair. How are you guys doing today? Looks like I finally got promoted from next door neighbor. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Corey, how you doing, man? Good, good. I I was on a cold streak and Real Madrid pulled me out of it. So I, I know we're going to talk about that a little bit as well with how crazy that was. But I took Real to advance because I was convinced that he was going to city it up again. <laughs> and it didn't look good after the first leg, but... I got it worked. <laughs> Didn't look good after the first 85 minutes of the second yeah. leg either. No. Yeah. 89 <laughs> minutes. 89 minutes, 12 seconds. And, and so let's just get into it, man. Okay, we had two Champions League semifinal second leg matches today, uh, this week, uh, today and yesterday. Today, absolute not so. I mean uh the the first the first leg of manchester city and and real madrid was already pretty crazy uh four to three (laughs) they came into this game and then today we saw man city go up a goal i believe around 74 75 somewhere in there yep and it felt kind of dread city because like i i was on the real madrid uh money line for this game, Corey had Real Madrid to advance. Oh, I also I also had a free bet, my Monday, my Monday ten dollar free bet on MGM, and mm-hmm. I slapped that on Real Madrid money line. So I had I had double Madrid plays. Yeah. <laughs> and then 89th minute or 90th minute, if you will, of, of how they report it, everything changed. Real Madrid went into all out attack. Um, for all our FIFA fans out there. I know what that means <laughs> and <laughs> they scored one and then like within a minute they scored another okay fifa fifa comparison yes that forward in the gaming chair and they hit that directional pad right as many times as they could and they just cranked on the sprint button yeah they dude, went full balls. <laughs> full balls to the fucking wall dude yeah. that was insane i i did the worst part is is I had class all day today and they were taking their tests and I had to do some stuff on the computer to get them set up to take their tests today. And in the time period that I took, that I got them 
able to take their test and checked on one of the students to see why he had a different test pop up. Took me about five minutes. All of a sudden, my bet was hitting and it was already two minutes into stoppage time. Right. Like the, the shit was fucking wild. I've never seen anything like that before. Not not in a match of this magnitude. I've seen, you know, we've seen crazy comebacks where a team's down two or three goals on aggregate and, and they start the comeback and they start scoring goals in the first half and have this epic comeback. But have we ever seen a team be down that many, like two goals on aggregate, be need a win? And then basically the moment that it hits 90 minutes, they, they, they all of a sudden just score like rapid fire and win the match to send it to overtime. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was like the, mo- it was unexpected just because like, uh, like it seemed like, okay. Like the only way Real Madrid could attack was Vinicius. Right. And then it seemed like he got tired when they, when they took out uh Walker finally, cause he got hurt. He was just like, he ran into the ground by Vinny jr. Uh, it seemed like uh, Real Madrid stalled out and they didn't have like any attack. But then, kind of out of nowhere, with uh, with Rodri, I think, right? Like, like yeah, they just, like, yeah, they just like came out of nowhere, got a goal, and then as soon as that first goal came, the second goal came. Like it, it, it it's definitely the most unexpected and quick comeback in the history of uh champions league for sure i mean this was this was this was the equivalence to reggie miller eight and seven or whatever it was yeah dude that's a really great comparison dude that's a very very good comparison i don't think we've ever seen anything like it before and we may never see anything like it again i mean i think the closest we've ever seen to anything like that was man city against uh Queen's Park Rangers to win the title from uh, Manchester United when they won the Premier League for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but again, greatest mag. The, the reason I make the comparison to Reggie Miller is because that was in a playoff match. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, this was the to win the Premier League. That was the Lacuna like goal, right? Yeah, that was the um, final day City yeah. and United winning tied and. City needed to equal or better United's resolve in order to secure the title for the first time. United mm-hmm. wins e- wins their match easily. City's down two one going in going into like the 89th minute and pulls two goals out of nowhere to get the win and clinch the Premier League for the first time. Mm-hmm. And United's literally walking off the field, thinking that they've won it, and finding out that no, City have scored and they're the champions and not you. Yeah. Yeah, this is the uh, um, um, not Claudio, but um, who's our Reina? Who Gio. got Gio, the Gio Reina star? How dare you fucking forget his name? <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's been a long day. The Gio Reina story. Remember, like we uh, we talked about that, or I sent it to you at least, where you know they were celebrating and they thought um his brother that had that has uh, passed away since then uh like was having some sort of moment but he was just like he had just thrown himself on the ground and was celebrating that that so i mean it's it's kind of the same thing i mean like they won the premier league with that um 
and like today today was like equally as wild yeah it uh definitely i mean created shock waves throughout the world like everybody's just ready for that man city liverpool final <laughs> all english final which would have been like third time in fifth five years four years something like that and then real madrid pulls out of nowhere you know yep an extra time uh kareem benzema created a penalty or um created a penalty and then converted a penalty and uh so i mean which which he he did he did the paneka last penalty he got mm-hmm. right but and before that he had missed his last two penalties before that so you know this was he actually took a strike at it and made it which he hadn't done in a, <laughs> in a while <laughs> He's got ultimate confidence. He he stuttered up to it, almost did a balk. Balk. Yeah. Oh, we we've never we've never talked about that with Dan. Yeah. Corey, never... and I, Corey and I have a theory. Okay. There should be a penalty balk. You know the Cortino, right? Cortino. Neymar. Neymar's bad at it. Neymar too, like where you run up and you stop, and then you kick it. Like after you watch the goalie dive, sure. We've decided that that should be a balk. Yeah, the new rule is once you start forward momentum, forward momentum cannot be stopped until you strike the ball. Yeah, it's not a bad rule. If yeah. the goalie has to stay on his line, yeah, that's, he can't that's stop moving forward. That's a really good argument. Exactly. Yeah, like it, it's just so wild that they can like fake out and then the goalie is like already on his ass and they yeah wherever they want like. I get that. I get the need to be able to fake out in hockey on a sh- on a penalty shot or in a shootout because the net's a hell of a lot smaller than it is in soccer. Like a goalie in hockey can block almost the entire cage with their body. There's right. no chance you can do that in soccer. Yeah. Yeah. There should be soccer balk. Soccer. Yeah. Penalty kick yeah. balk. I'm with you on that. We all balk if we're watching a game together and like somebody does that, we're like balk. <laughs> no, no, for real. Me and Thomas text each other that every single time that there's a penalty and it's a Neymar taking the penalty or somebody that has just a really bad habit of doing shit like that. Harry Kane's bad at it sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll instantly text each other balk, penalty balk. Yeah. yeah. Or hell, I mean, sometimes some like some players will pass their penalty to another player. It's like, that was the Barca thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think did Messi pass it to somebody, or I don't know. Like it, that was everybody celebrated like it was the greatest thing ever, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. I didn't like it either. Like, uh, we're okay. We're we talked about Corey, uh, like the greatest comebacks in Champions League history. It's up there. I think it. I think it was just because of how unexpected it was. Like, um, like another one that is probably still the goat of, of uh, comebacks was the 2017 uh, Barcelona versus um, um, PSG, where Barcelona was down four to zero, returning back to home. They got three goals, and then PSG got another goal. They had to score three. Three more, and they still did. (laughs) 
but aside from that one like in like if we're talking about the stakes that have came i mean the stakes that are at this game like one of the greatest comebacks we've ever seen didn't dortmund do something similar to that with clop too one time where they were down like three or four goals on aggregate and came back i i feel like i've read about that but no the, the barcelona one that one's like that one's the one that everybody talks about yeah yeah they scored three goals and they i mean because they still used uh away goals so barcelona had to win on away goals because uh um psg got one away goal barcelona didn't get any they scored in the 88 90 plus one and 90 plus five to win it yeah, that's crazier. Yeah, six to one game final. Six to Jeez. five. Six to five. Uh um what do you call it? Aggregate aggregate score. But like if I mean just watching the game, like thinking that something was gonna happen, we were running out of hope. Dude, I have gotten blasted in bets for weeks now where Time is winding down. I'm like, okay, I need two goals. Like, if you score one now, we got plenty of time to get another couple chances. And I just watch it fucking wither away. Mm-hmm. So to see this shit happen today, that was nuts. Just absolute chaos. And it was amazing. It was incredible. And who was I mean, it who came on? Uh, Grealish, right? Jack Grealish came on. Yeah. And he was like, this, this is scary for the U.S., matchup with uh with with England if if Grealish doesn't start or for whatever reason and you got that dude sprinting down the left side late in the game against tired legs wow because he was like he was dangerous every time he got the ball and he sent sent one right across the face of goal and then he sent another one and uh, Real Madrid was able to clear it off the goal line like in the 87th minute like mm-hmm. two minutes before they scored. And then, I mean, just just legendary stuff today in Champions League. He's overrated. Jack Reyes is overrated. overrated. Okay. <laughs> he is. The amount of money that they spent to get him and the amount of money that they're paying him and how many goals and assists he's creating for their team, that's overrated. I think that's overpaid. Overpaid usually equates to overrated. Usually, but not always. I think in this situation it does. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate his hair. Okay, I hate his hair. He doesn't. He doesn't come up in clutch situations. That's the reason. Hating his hair is not. <laughs> but he does. He doesn't come up in clutch situations. He. I feel like he thinks bigger of himself than what he performs on the field. He's massively overpaid. He was. They overpaid to get him. They are currently overpaying him. He's a great player. I'm not saying he sucks. Well, they had just, no choice but to overpay for him because he was leaving his boyhood club. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's like Jamie Tart, right? Like <laughs> Jamie Tart was a real person. I think is Jack Grealish. Wait, is this is this pre like relegation or po or or post relegation Jamie Tart? Pre, it's like the way. I mean, even like the way he stretches, like right before he's gonna like come onto the pitch and stuff yes he's like like the fucking greatest thing ever he's got a kentucky haircut kentucky face right i mean i mean 
Yeah. Odin's got the Kentucky face on that team. Greasy's just got the Kentucky face, haircut, and style. He looks like a southerner, like a like a like a really really poor white southern person. <laughs> <laughs> not not that there's anything wrong with that, like at all. But I'm just saying, like it's kind of funny that even in England, there's like southern looking people. <laughs> all I'm saying, all this is what, and th- I think this is the biggest reason why I am so animated about my feelings towards Jack Grealish, and that's. It's because everybody in England fucking loves him. Like, if he's playing for the English national team, obviously Manchester United fans hate Man City, so they're not going to talk good about him. But when it comes to being an English soccer player, they all suck his dick all fucking day long. And he's the greatest fucking thing to ever happen. They all fucking love him. But look at the moments in critical games, and he doesn't do anything. But yet Pulisic can score goals in Champions League, score goals in big matchups, actually perform and overperform his paycheck and they hate him. They hate him. English fans, English fans in London, Chelsea fans in London hate him. Yeah. Who's the more critically, who, who, who makes the more plays in critical moments? Yeah, you're right. I think, I think that comparison could go to Mason Mount versus Kristen Pulisic. Like, I feel like Grealish really brought something to the game today. He just, he missed he, he missed two opportunities. One was cleared off the line. The other one went right a, white, right across the face of goal and, like, almost went in. Like, maybe sometimes it goes in, you know. Well, they both, they both were saved. Thibodeau got a, got a hand on one. And, that, and then uh, the other one was – what? The other one just went across for a goal kick. But it was close. It was very, very close. It almost hit the post. Then who 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 did Courtois get that save where he got a fingertip on it or got the tip of his foot on it? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was what you're saying, and they miscalled it and they gave a goal kick. No, I, I think no, I think that was still Mares playing. Um, that's one thing we could bring up too is like no, it, it, I, I'm pretty sure this was the I, they gave a goal kick, but Courtois got a touch on it, and then the other one did get cleared off by the fullback. Like, should have been a goal. He looked really good when he came in today. He performed well. He is a world-class player. I'm not saying he's not. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get the finish in those moments. Yeah. No, I mean, he was, yeah, he was crossing guys up and, and then kind of, I mean, kind of missed two opportunities. One was a definite miss. The other one was, like, a great play by uh, the Real Madrid guy. And, Back that that cleared it off. Yeah. Uh, um. I don't know. This is just my take on him. I I don't care if people agree with it or not. I just in the last month, when Real Madrid has needed a goal more than anything, Benzema shows up. And Benzema makes a play, and Benzema finishes. When Man City has needed a goal in absolute crunch time in critical moments, it's not Graylish who scores it. And it's not Graylish that assists it. That, that, that's, the, that's my only point. Is I, I, I've never seen so much hype for somebody who doesn't impact the match in a way that gets a result. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to 
I don't I don't want to argue that because I think I'm on the other side of that. I mean, I no, think this good content. Argue like I, this, no, I mean, he impacted the match. He came on for his tired legs and uh, like he was a difference maker. They could just they could just serve the ball up to him. <laughs> Like that, they just didn't go in. Like there wasn't, there wasn't finishes. So like, Benzema's a striker too. I mean, we could talk about Gabriel de Jesus, like who was pretty invisible the entire game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, the the thing I wanted to bring up was that Pep took him off. He took Kevin De Bruyne off, and he took right Ryan Meyer. What's his name? Oh my God. Myers. 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 Yeah. He took them all off in an attempt to just basically see out the game. And then an extra time, like they didn't have that creative person, that creative uh, tandem or, or somebody who could just make like a wonder goal while Real Madrid still did in Kareem Benzema, you know? So like, I mean, how much goes on the pep? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't think De Bruyne should have came off at all. I thought that was a massive mistake on his part. Most of the other changes he made, I wasn't really upset about. Uh, Mira's coming off. You know, he scored the goal, so he probably wouldn't want to take him off. But yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know. Uh, he. I, I'm not going to ever really over criticize him and the decisions that he makes because he usually makes the right ones. So. I'm I'm not gonna necessarily go there on that. I just know that they had it in hand. They should have won. They should have advanced. And I mean, they cityed it up. They cityed it up. In the the game yesterday. Uh by the way, we're real quick here. Did I text you that they were gonna city it up before it happened? Did you okay, real quick here. But that was before they scored their goal though. Did you turn the game off? No. It was on in the background the entire time. All right. Um, but I did say, before Man City scored, I did say they were going to city it up. Yeah. Did you lose? Did you lose faith? Be honest. Oh yeah, I lost all hope by the end. Yeah, yeah, me too. Like I, I mean, I, I kept saying like if they can get one, they can get one. It was like 75, 80, 85. Like seriously, even at eighty five, they can get one. It might happen. And they got one at like 89 and they got one at like 90 plus one. And then um, uh, just, I mean, quickly, uh, uh, Liverpool, Villarreal, Villarreal played a, a really good first half, a very attacking first half. Um, and tied not, tie. That's generally not their style either, by the way. Like, I, th- I think we do need to preface it a little bit that that's not their style. They are. They are more along the lines of like an Atletico Madrid where they would rather play a counterattack style. They don't want the possession and to throw people and bodies forward. They would rather sit back, play really structurally sound defense, and then pick you apart on the counter. So yep. them coming out and getting and attacking and getting those two goals in the first half was a little bit out of character, and they looked really fucking good. Yep. Yeah, Liverpool was definitely uh, taken aback by it. <laughs> they were like – they had no idea what to do, and they conceded two goals. And it was a, uh, it was tied up. But then, for whatever reason, uh, VRL decided to come out in the second half and and park the bus, try to do counters, 
and um, Liverpool picked them apart. They ended up getting three goals in the second half. So our Champions League final on May 28th is going to be Liverpool versus Real Madrid, which I like. Like, I don't, I don't, I never buy into like, I got to support uh, the Big Ten in any sort of bowl games or, 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 you know, NCAA tournament. Um, I don't think I need to support um, English teams <laughs> in anything. I just, I just like it because it's not going to be Liverpool versus Man City. I like that it's going to be Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen Liverpool Man City enough this year, mm-hmm. especially for critical matches. So I I would much rather see Liverpool Man City. Or I mean, uh, Real Madrid. Sorry. I, I meant to say Real Madrid. <laughs> also, because for my futures bet, this is, this is weird. This is my perspective on this. This is a really weird take. And I know, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'll, I'll just say it. It's just, it, I feel weird about it. Man City's never won the Champions League. They city it up every single time. I feel like there was a better chance for Liverpool to lose this finals if it was against Man City than if it was against Real Madrid. Because of the, the amount of times that Liverpool has taken things from City so far this year. Mm-hmm. That if City was going to win their first one, it would have been this year versus Liverpool. Like I didn't feel good about that matchup. I didn't want, I didn't want there to be a precedence potentially being set right. against Liverpool. I'd rather it be something that was more comfortable, something that you knew. And Madrid versus Liverpool feels something more comfortable. Feels like something I know. I feel like that's a better matchup for Liverpool. Right. I'm gonna get uh, Dan's opinion on this. Like, what, Dan, what do you think about like the trek to the final? Like I, I know in other sports where like if you had a hell of a quarterfinal and a hell of a semifinal, sometimes you get to the final and like you just dominate. If you look at the teams um, Real Madrid has had to play, they played PSG. Um, then they played who? Then they played somebody. I cannot remember. <laughs> so this is like a stupid point I'm trying to make. But then they beat Man City. Um, uh, Liverpool has had. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Benfica in the semifinal, Villarreal, or Villarreal in the semifinal, Benfica in the quarterfinal. Well, they've gotten lucky. Inter, Inter Milan, I believe, in the round of 16. Yeah. So, like, do you, I mean, do you guys put like any any stock in that of like everything that Real's had to go through to get to the final to like give them any sort of shot against Liverpool or are we just looking at Liverpool dominating Real Madrid in the final which they've done in pretty much every matchup they've played I mean so I understand your point about building momentum in a playoff type of setting in other sports but I don't really think it applies here because there's just so much time that takes place in between each match. Mm -hmm. And for the NCAA tournament, you can get on a run because you're playing two days later after you win your first storm round match. 
And then sometimes what will happen is you'll see Cinderella lose in the Sweet 16 because they're home for five days and their momentum gets blunted. They're thinking about um, how they've done such a great job to get that far already. And once they're out of that um, situation where it's all basketball all the time, they tend to struggle. Mm-hmm. With with the Champions League, it's even worse because like you beat a team in the um, quarterfinals and then you don't play in the Champions League again for another couple weeks. You've got to go back into the domestic league, play those matches, and your momentum could easily get blunted before you even get a chance to face the next team. So I don't really think that the path matters that much in the champions league, just because of the nature of um, this format. Right. Yeah. I think, I think there is something to be said though. You know, I, I agree with Dan on that. Like it, it does reset maybe mentally for your confidence. It has something to do with it. And maybe that might play a part, but as far as the emotional momentum, I agree with Dan on that. I do think there's something to be said though, that, Madrid's already won La Liga. Copa del Rey is already over. And schedule congestion is not going to be an issue. Like, they they could literally just run out a B team or a C team or a D team for the rest of their La Liga matches and develop young talent. And it doesn't matter. They already won the league. And Copa, you know, and their domestic cup doesn't have any more matches. It's over mm-hmm. with. Meanwhile, yeah. Liverpool has to go play Chelsea in an FA Cup final. And they have more league matches still to play than Madrid in yeah. now and the Champions League finals. If you wanted to talk about that, that I do mm-hmm. could play a factor. I agree. Right. And the team I forgot this is so stupid. It was Chelsea. Real Madrid has beat Chelsea as well. So they beat Chelsea, Man City, and uh, PSG. They were down to PSG as well in that uh, – so, so if they win the Champions League, then they should they should um, unofficially be declared Premier League champions as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean taking down three, yeah, right. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it, it. That's a great point that Corey made. That I mean, they have they literally can just you know get their guys fit and run out whatever they want because mm-hmm. they have no need to play out these games. Liverpool's in a Premier League fight, which like if you hear English people talk about it, sometimes like they they even say, I think I think they used to say it when uh Premier or yeah, Premier League teams would just bow out in like the the quarterfinals at around 16. They would be like, Well, the Premier League's more important than a, a European title. They would say things like that. But I mean, things have changed within like the last five years where pre- Premier League teams are actually uh, winning, you know, uh, Europe competitions. And, and so, it, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It'll be a really good game. It's going to be a really, it's going to be a great game. I think. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if anything, if anything from last year's match tells me anything, you, I might feel confident that Liverpool's going to win, but you know, I put a hundred bucks on the city last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, okay, so like moving along, uh another thing we got to talk about since this is a US men's national team podcast. Um USA 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 uh 
since the last Chelsea game, um, Kristen Pulisic's father and um, other wow. people that represent him have kind of made it known that he now wants to move move on from Chelsea based on um, him not getting a ton of minutes, him not getting a ton of opportunities. So we've heard a bunch of teams that are out there. Um, I, you know, I mean, we, we've covered this um, sometimes, you know, like where do you want them to go with the teams that are mentioned? Like, uh, like what do you guys just think about this? Especially I mean, right before a World Cup, you know. I mean, if the rumors about him possibly moving to Juventus are true, I love that because, I mean, that's more time that he gets to spend – um, on the same pitch as Zon um, McKinney, like that can only help when they put on the U.S. national team shirts. Absolutely. Same sort of thing. I mean, okay, so some of the teams mentioned, Juventus, Barcelona. Barcelona would be interesting to me. Like uh, there's a bunch of young um, Spanish wingers on Barca already. <laughs> So it'd be interesting to see if he actually got time there, but they are mentioned as well. And, but like, I, I completely agree with Dan that uh, McKinney and Pulisic playing together for the club team the entire month of September no, in October um, in a couple weeks in November, that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> I think. And, and I think there's something to be said too, that they would be working together in the offensive third of the field in a league that is, you know, people people like to argue league versus league and this versus that and everything. The one thing that people who love Serie A like to argue is that it's a tactically superior league. You know that they the the spacing and the mental aspect of the game shines through in Serie A. So I, you know, there there might be something to be said that playing in that league together and playing off of each other like that could really really help us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and just looking at all the teams that he's a rumor too, like I think Juventus would be one where he would play. Like he, like Corey told me in text, like he's on the pitch every single game. Yep. You could not keep him out of the Juventus starting 11 at this point. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Juventus has proven itself that they're going to play Americans that they bring in. Like if they're going to spend the money on bringing in a talented American player, he is going to play. So like the whole, the whole thing that we talked about how Pulisic just can't make anyone in London happy. Like that doesn't exist in, in Serie A, like Italian and German clubs, when they bring in an American talent, they're bringing him into play and they're, and they're treating him as just a talented player, not, oh, he's an American, which happened. We've talked about it too many times on this podcast, how that happens in um, the Premier League, that anti-American bias. So, yeah, I love that idea of him actually getting a real chance to play regularly in Serie A. Me too. And like in, in, in excluding the fact that he could possibly be injured, Syria is, is physical. It's not as physical as EPL. Um, uh, Spain is like a little more open. It's a, a little bit like higher goal scoring, you know, traditionally. And um, 
So, Corey, like, do you have any sort of preference for a team that he would go to? I I would love to see him at West Ham. I'm officially an honorary West Ham fan. So, I am officially an honorary Iron. But as a USA fan, I would I, – I think it would be best for us for him to go to Juve and play all of those minutes with McKinney. I think that that type of connection would pay dividends beyond all belief for us when it comes to international tournaments. I don't know. What do you guys think? I agree 100%. I would absolutely love to see him in Dom Juventus. I mean, for me, priority one is making sure that he's on the pitch regularly. Priority two would be building up um, a playing relationship with someone else who he's going to be on the pitch with when he's wearing the stars and stripes and Juventus fulfills both requirements, but really as long as he gets out of the Premier League and gets to a club that's going to give him a fair shot um, in a top European league, that's what matters most to me. So Juve- Juventus will give him that chance. I got a serious question though. I have grown to fucking hate this man, Thomas Tuchel, because of the way that he's the way that he has managed Pulisic at Chelsea and Dortmund. Dude. But at Dortmund, he played more, didn't he? Until Tuchel came in. Tuchel. No, no, no. He never played dude. before Tuchel. Dude, Tuchel's dude. first year was his breakthrough year. I'm, I've literally been looking it up for the last five minutes. Tuchel's first year after Klopp. Klopp never played Pulisic. Uh-huh. Tuchel's first year was Pulisic's breakout year where he was coming off the bench still wearing number 22. And then he became the starter under Tuchel. So why the fuck is he doing this to him at Chelsea? I mean, he says, he says he's doing it because um, Pulisic's lost his um, spark, whatever the hell that means. And Are you fucking kidding me? He just fucked dude. I know, I know. I did preface that with um, whatever the hell that means. He says that shit, and then the dude fucking goes off and scores a goal and gets a fucking assist in a marquee matchup every time. I know, I know, I know. That's all you need to avoid is that send him to a team where he can play and then hope to God that uh, Tommy Tuchel doesn't follow him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Juventus, like, you could see, you could see Chelsea sacking Tuchel and then he, like, picks up a job at fucking Juventus or something. No. <laughs> you don't you don't get fired at Chelsea and um go to Juventus not now anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I could see him going to like um Sassuolo or some um lower Serie A side, but right. No, Juvent- Juventus has got to get back to winning titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like yeah, right now they're fighting for fourth. I think they're kind of comfortable, but like yeah, like Ju- the Juventus way is. Like Dan said, winning titles, like dominating Syria. They're yeah. the Bayern Munich of Italy. They're the Real Madrid of Spain, you know. So, yeah, like, I mean, Juventus has no chance whatsoever of falling out of the 
Champions League because they've got a 10-point cushion on, cushion on Roma with only three matches to play, so they've secured that. Mm-hmm. But they also need a miracle to catch either AC Milan or um, Inter. They're not catching either of them. No, God, no. I mean, they'd have they'd have to run the table and have um, both both teams lose all three of um, their remaining matches. It's not happening. Right. And like the Juventus mentality is the Ricky Bobby mentality. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Fake. So that so that's a movie reference, you know? Yes, surprisingly, <laughs> I, was, I was about to say. Yeah. Shake and bake, Dan. Shake and bake. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that's one of the few times I will pull off a movie reference. It's a yeah. really, really thin pancake. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot more um, apt to pull off a um, Australian girl country um, lyric reference. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Thomas Miller, and I just wanted to let you know that the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast is sponsored by Moneyline Dice. Moneyline aims to revolutionize the sports betting market through the creation of both functional and novelty products that sports bettors of all levels will enjoy. Spotted by its golden peaks, the Moneyline logo symbolizes winning and winning big. Feature products include Moneyline Sports Betting Dice, Moneyline Sports Betting Pocket Notebook, Snapback Hat, and more. Use promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A-1-0, to receive a 10% discount on your next order. That's promo code CODA10, K-O-T-A, for 10% off your next order at MoneylineDice.com. Now let's get back to the show. All right, and for our next segment, we do have a marquee matchup tonight. You know, people won't be able to hear until after it's happened, so hopefully it goes well. But we do have CONCACAF Champions League. We'll keep in, we're keeping with the Champions League style of content here. But we do have CONCACAF Champions League, and we have the Seattle Sounders versus Pumas in Seattle here in about 41 minutes. And right now it is tied on aggregate two to two with Seattle having the two road goals. How, how are we feeling about this matchup tonight? What do you guys think is going to happen? I'm thinking it finishes one, one. I think that Seattle is going to press for the early goal. They'll probably get it in the first half. And then I think desperation will allow Pumas to level the match, but that will be all they get. And I'm, leaning toward it being 1-1 with Seattle winning the Champions League on away goals. All right. I respect that. I I see the same sort of thing where I think Seattle's going to, like, come out, crowd's going to be wild, and I think they get a goal quick. I think they get a second goal quick. But I I do think Pumas takes one back, but Seattle might just, like, kind of run away with it at that point. That's what I'm betting. I got a first half money line on Seattle and then a uh, both teams to score with the overall game money line. So I'm hoping that that's what I see. And uh, one thing I was going to say is like, you guys have gone to high school sporting events and they play the JV game before the varsity game <laughs> or whatever. So like, I like to call uh, UEFA champions league, the JV 
which is in bleeds into the varsity game, which is the CONCACAF Champions League, which is what we're going to see tonight. Yeah, why do they why do they do that in, um, for football in Iowa? <laughs> they do it in every sport. Like they'll play the, well, they'll play. I mean, yeah, JV football happen the same day. That's on Thursdays. No, but like, well, there's no JV football in Iowa. Yeah, there's sophomore is. football. Well, yeah, sophomore JV. It's still JV. That's JV. But it's they'll like, play the JV nice game. Guy. They'll play the JV basketball game before the varsity basketball. And it. Basketball and, and they, volleyball, yes. And I've I've covered enough games in Iowa to know they play the JV or sophomore football game before the varsity football game, and it irritated me to no end. <laughs> like I grew up in Virginia, JV pl- plays to start the week, right? Like on Monday, stands, stands alone. Yeah, I mean, the four years I was in high school, not a single sophomore JV game was ever played on Friday. Hmm. I mean, I spent I spent. Uh, four years covering football high school sports in Iowa on the Eastern side. And like almost every game that I covered um, on Friday nights, the varsity played after the JV had already finished. Yeah. Like that, we did, we did that. Like Thomas was saying for ba- basketball, it was every yeah. time basketball. That's normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Volleyball was the same way. Mm-hmm. But with football, when I went to Lamar's community, Sophomore football either played on Tuesdays or Thursdays. I can't remember which day, but it was definitely not Friday. Friday was all varsity. Like it was the whole day was doled out for playing the varsity football game. So I'm not, that's, that's, that's weird to me even. No, I remember going to Valley to play a game where we got absolutely murdered. Because Uh, Valley, that to everyone. (laughs) And there was a, like a JV game or a sophomore game going on when we got there. When our bus arrived from Sioux City. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think it is kind of like, I don't know. I wonder. Hmm, that's interesting. I think it might have something to do with trying to match the closest neighboring state. Right. Because maybe Nebraska doesn't do that, but Illinois does. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, Corey, you being from the western part of um, the state and um, playing teams in the western part of Iowa it wouldn't have happened for you. Whereas on the Eastern part of the state, it happened all the time because Illinois does the same thing. Yeah. It could also be like, like a small school thing where like, like a football Friday night is a, is like an event, you know, it could be, but the Davenport schools did it too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to what we were actually talking about. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it feels like these teams are pretty much even. Like, I can see us pulling away and getting a good lead if we get off to a really good start. I'm pretty positive that if we do get only one goal, it's going to come off of Diaz's foot because that's just what he does. But we'll see. I mean, I think it'll probably finish 1-1 just because that's good enough to get us the result. All you need it could be zero yeah. zero too like it could be i don't think it will be because as you mentioned i think seattle is going to come out to try to put the nail in the coffin right away right away yeah yeah pumas isn't they're not a bad team they're not but they're not a great great team you know <laughs> uh, the environment that they have created for champions league 
uh, CONCACAF Champions League has been pretty impressive. And that's what happened against uh, Seattle, where they jumped out to that 2-0 lead, and then uh, they ended up coughing it up, like, late on. Yeah. I I have to say, I was very worried once we went down 2-0 um, to Pumas. Yeah. Oh, that was an incredible comeback. It was. It was. Well, it was a good comeback, yeah. Like, I watched the semifinal versus Cruz Azul, and it was the same sort of thing where Pumas, like, whatever atmosphere they created, you know, like, whatever they promoted to, like, make that stadium wild. It was wild as hell, and uh, Seattle did an amazing job come back. So this would be the first time ever. That we win this competition, and well, not according to Lexi Lawless. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> Nobody cares what the <laughs> Galaxy did in two thousand. Yeah, it didn't modern day, you. modern day, modern day, Corey. Like, oh, I, I'm agreeing with you guys. I'm just, I, I know you are. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he got into it with a bunch of people on Twitter today about it, <laughs> brother. He always does that stupid shit. Where like, what are we bitching about today? Well, nothing yet because you haven't tweeted any fucking takes yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's controversy. He knows how to promote his fucking Twitter. Man. Yeah, right. he doesn't get that much interactions with it. Yeah. All right. So, um, moving on from that, then, right? Let's. I do. Ha- I do have a sizable bet on Seattle Blue Nice. Well, I'm for my, for my sake, Dan. I'm hoping for one nothing. I mean. As long as we have the trophy by the end of the night, I'm happy. So if it's 1-0, fantastic. Right. There we go. So let's move on to our uh, picks of the week. Uh, do you guys got anything um, for tomorrow? I mean, I had one for tonight that um, just cashed Louisville City ripping Atlanta United too. So, yeah, that was a nice one. There you go. Win, win to nil at plus 170. Do you got any outlandish takes for West Ham, Corey? <laughs> oh, I'm putting money on them to win, and I'm putting money on them to advance. I mean, they rested a bunch of their guys again. and <clears throat> I feel like they play their best when their back's truly against the wall. Yeah. And it's truly against the wall. They have to get a result. They have to win. They have to win this match. doesn't matter how. They just have to win. And I feel like if they win and go to extra time, they'll pull it off. Yeah. And we either mentioned or didn't mention that um, uh, Frankfurt played Monday. They only rested like four of their uh, traditional starters. So, I mean, it's a it's a pretty quick turnaround. It's going to be pretty interesting. Which was kind of dumb on their part. Yeah, absolutely. And they still lost 2-0 to zero at Leverkusen that game. Like, I mean, like... Yeah, Frankfurt. I don't. I honestly don't get why you would even bother rushing out a um a a or even an A minus lineup there against Leverkusen because they have no shot to qualify um through the Bundesliga. It's they win this competition and go to the Champions League, or they don't play in Europe next year. Yeah, and that honestly worries me about West Ham in this situation because Frankfurt is the more desperate side. West Ham has that other avenue that they could take should they need it. But there's an immense difference between conference, your UEFA conference league 
or Champions League. I know? mean, you don't have to tell me that. Um, <laughs> Union, hey, Union they, played in the Conference League this year. They're, they're, they're both in the same mentality for that. I, I don't think West Ham gives two fucks about Conference League. I don't. No, I don't and, either. And I don't think that they're in position or in form so far in EPL over the last month to think that they would overtake a team to get to Europa League even. Like, I, I feel like they're they're firmly in the same mindset. It's it's win and get in in, in Europa League. I, I, I think that that mentality holds true for both of these sides. I mean, looking at their schedule, you're probably right because, like, I think that if they had the right schedule, they could catch and pass some United because United is a cluster muck right now. But looking at their schedule, one of those three matches is against Manchester City. So, yeah, I think Frankfurt is the much easier route. And honestly, the last two matches, Man U hasn't been a clusterfuck. That's true. I mean, once Ronaldo came back from what we talked about last week, all of a sudden Man U's looked different. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. You just got to go as far as uh, David Moyes quotes where he's talking about lifting trophies, being in a major semifinal. I mean, West Ham's focus tomorrow. It makes me nervous even talking about it. Like, like I want to take a shot just even thinking about it. But, like, I mean, we're down two to one. But, yeah. I mean, All you got to do is win. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough when your team's in these matches. I mean, obviously, it's much better than not being in these matches, but – it's certainly a nervous situation. Yeah. What Probably is the, that? Like, I've got three of them this week. <laughs> what is con- hold on? What's conference league winner get? Um, like I think a million pounds on the spot in the Europa League. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I love your West Ham. Corey. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm all in. I think they're going to be pissed off about what happened last week. I hope so. Last week was very disappointing, to say at least. The conference, almost conference goal, league, go ahead. Conference league prize money champion gets 5 million euros and a spot in the Europa League going next year. Not bad. Yeah, not bad, but nowhere near so good as winning the Europa League. Yeah, Europa League, Champions League spot. You get signing that you, you could never even, you know, dream about, you know. So, all right, guys, let's get into our picks. Who wants to kick it off? Hey, real quick, before we, before we do that, mm-hmm. Frankfurt versus West Ham. Who has won the last trophy between the two? I think they're like, I don't know. They talked about both of them because, like, West Ham won, like, an FA Cup in the 70s or, like, 1980 or something. But they talked about that, like, while I was watching the game last week, that Frankfurt's in the same sort of situation where, like, nobody has won a cup for, like, a long time. Okay. I mean, I, I, I was it's, just curious. It's pretty. It's pretty much. I think it's got to be Frankfurt because they won the DFB Pokal um, in 2018. 18. There you go. 
Yeah. There you go. I, I, I just, I feel like, feel like that, that hunger is probably more for West Ham in general. That's what I'm hoping on. Again, we talked about it before we started recording, but there, there's plenty of wish casting happening this episode. Oh, yes. Um, but no, I'll go ahead and start off the bets. And that those those are my first bets. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to take West Ham money line because I'm also taking West Ham to advance. So to advance, they got to win. Doubling down. Okay. Very good, very good. Crossbones from Corey. Something I'm used to do. I'm used to doing that. Yeah. Right. Because Nebraska stole it from somebody. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll go next, I guess. All right. All right. So this week, uh, I'm fading teams. Uh, this is like the entire, like, like, uh, synopsis of all my bets i'm just fading teams just based on like a bunch of different things the first one i'm gonna fade is Villarreal um in la liga because like um i saw them where they were up two to zero and then all of a sudden they gave one goal they gave a second goal and they gave a third goal and uh i could i could just see every single player on the pitch was heartbroken and uh they were like making wild slide tackles and stuff like i don't really think they're gonna like run out a team that's like in any mood to uh play uh this weekend um and uh they host sevilla um so i'm pretty i was pretty tempted by the sevilla money line even though they're on the road uh at plus 210 but um what I decided to make was a single game parlay with the Sevilla double chance and the under two and a half. Both of these teams are pretty defensive teams. And um, that is at plus 150, 155. Okay. Oh, I didn't even say West Ham money lines plus 175 and two advances plus 275. I forgot to say that. Interesting. If if they advance, then all the rest of my bets are paid for. There you go. <laughs> nice. All right, what do you got, Dan? All right, so I'm going to go in the Bundesliga for my first play, and this will be a Friday match. And I'm going to take um, – Bochum to win money line at plus 120 because Bielfeld is basically cooked and has been a disaster on the road. Like, see, they're past six, they're past um, six matches away, away from home. They've lost all of them. So, and they've only managed to score one goal in those six matches. Um, and only only Dortmund, surprisingly enough, didn't beat them by at least two. So, yeah, I think Bochum has actually played pretty well for its first year in the Bundesliga. And I think they can get a, get a win here, get above 40 points, which would be a very solid um, first year of 
promotion for them. And I think Bielfeld is just cooked. Like they have to win to have any chance to avoid relegation. And I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I actually was looking really hard at that one to figure out a way to handicap that one. And I ended up going with a different relegation squad play in Bundesliga. So I'm on the same thought process as you, but that's not until my Saturday play. My Friday play is really, there's a lot of juice here. So I'm making a two-leg play. I'm taking a little bit of a risk on, I'm a lot of risk actually on one and then pairing it with a pretty safe one. Taking Inter Milan money line at home against Empoli only because I couldn't find a, a minus one payout, but actually when you look at, when you looked at, when I looked at the head to heads in the last three or four out of five, Inter Milan is only one by one. So I didn't want to take the handicap. So I just took the money line, drank the juice, but I part, I'm parlaying it with Genoa double chance at home against Juve because we talked about that Juve mentality earlier. There's no chance they miss out on champions league. There's no chance they end up winning this. What is it? Sukoto? How do you say yeah. that? Scudetto, I think. Scudetto. There's no chance of them winning it, but there's also no chance of them missing out on Champions League. So they're in this limbo land. And Genoa is at home fighting to stay out of relegation. So I'm going to take that double chance and parlay that with the Inter Milan money line. And it comes up to plus 111 at that point. Very nice. Very yeah. Yeah, and uh, Cal Salterina and Cagliari are playing each other too, which is like the two teams they're chasing. So, absolutely, I love that play. Very yeah. good. Um, another team I'm gonna fade is uh Real Madrid because they already have um La Liga lock- locked up. They just played in immensely intense uh extra time game versus Man City today. And um, they have to go on the road against their derby rivals, uh, Atletico Madrid. And uh, Atletico has everything to play for because once again, they lost in La Liga last week. So, I mean, there's if, if, if Atletico wants to get to Champions League, once again, they better start getting results. Um, their money line at home versus a real team, like I just said, has nothing to play for and can, um, you know, I mean, they just came off a really intense game, um, uh, is a plus 115. So I'm taking Atletico Madrid plus 115 money line at home versus Real Madrid. There you go. All right. So for my next play, this is pure wish casting. I am openly going to admit that, but I am going to take a two match parlay in league two, and I'm going to pair Bristol Rovers and over one and a half goals with Barrow double chance. And that comes out to, um, see i think it was uh plus 210 and basically bristol rovers this is the final match of the regular season we have to either 
better Northampton's um, result, or we have to win the match by at least six in order to win automatic promotion. So I think there's a slim chance we could win by six because Scunthorpe has the worst defense in league two. They're already confirmed relegated. They finished dead last. So there's a chance. I think I'm pretty confident we'll score at least two. And then Barrow already beat Northampton on the road at the six fields earlier this year. So they're playing at home. It's not going to be easy, but I think there's a chance that they can steal a point and give us a chance to control our own fate. I'm hoping that we can pull it off and we won't have to go through the playoffs, but we'll see. So it's worth a try. Nice. Very deep take there. <laughs> Very small league deep take. <laughs> yeah, it's about as deep as we're ever going to get into League Two. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. They play, yeah, 46, right? So this is the yeah. last game. Yep. This, this the so if we, um, if we better Northampton's result, then, um, we then we would um get the third playoffs the third um automatic promotion spot if we don't then we're in the playoffs right yep all right, all right so <clears throat> for my next play i am it's kind of the same strategy i'm i'm tailing a team that is in championship chase form and tailing a team that is trying to avoid relegation. So I'm going to take Liverpool money line against Tottenham. That one I think is like minus 245. They have to win. They're down, so they have to win. And it's at home. Right. Um, and then I am taking Berlin, Hertha Berlin, Hertha Berlin, double chance at home against Mines because they are – just sitting outside of relegation. And if they can get a point in that match, then they're almost almost guaranteed safe from relegation. So they need they just need a result. They don't even have to win. They just have to get a point. And if you parlay those two together, it comes out to pretty much even money. It's like plus 103, so it's over even money. Very good, man. All right. Continuing my fades, I'm going to fade the Seattle Sounders this weekend. Um, it's pretty obvious they're locked into uh, winning this game tonight. And then also they have to travel to um, Dallas uh, on the weekend. And uh, Dallas has kind of made it where it's not a, a easy place to play. And... Um, just that FC Dallas money line is at um, minus 115. So I'm going to go ahead and take FC Dallas to beat Seattle this weekend. Yeah, I can't say blame you on that one at all. Yeah, they've shown. This is what the competition they want to win is tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, you're up again, Dan. All right. So for my next one, I am going to play. Let's see how aggressive I want to play this. All right. 
I'm going to play Charlotte. And I think, let's see. Mm, I think I'm going to play um, Charlotte in under three and a half goals. So, um, is, um, I think here, um, Charlotte, like Charlotte has um, shut, off, shut out its past um, two um, opponents at home. And I'm not 100% sold that they're going to get the clean sheet again because Inter-Miami Inter actually played a little bit better the last time they were on the road. Granted, they were playing against a tired Seattle side. But I think going, giving myself that cushion and still taking plus money offers a lot of value. That comes out to plus 155. And Charlotte's just been tough at home. So I think there's a good chance that they can keep things rolling at Bank of America. Sounds good. There you go. All right. So on to I have two sun. I have two plays for Sunday. Um, I'm 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 sticking with the theme. I'm either tailing a team that is chasing a chasing a trophy or tailing a team that is trying to stay out of relegation zone. And I'm going to take Leeds double chance against Arsenal. I'm going to take two out of three options. I know that it's I know that it's in London. It's not at Leeds. Not a good situation, but Leeds has only lost once in their last five matches. And all I need them to do is not lose. And that's like it's plus 180. Their double chance is plus 180. You don't usually get a double chance with that much of a payout. So I'm going to run with it. I mean, yeah. sounds good. I mean, if, ever, if the form Everton had been in the last six weeks can get a fucking win against Chelsea, leagues can get a draw against Arsenal. <laughs> That's sound logic. Yeah. For uh, my last play that I have, um, I'm going to uh, Italy, Serie A. So... The top of the table is pretty congested. Somebody has to win it. I don't know who's going to win it, but uh, somebody definitely has to. And uh, so I think AC Milan will end up winning this. And um, like uh, if we're just going outside of the Coppa Italia that they lost to Inter 3-0, they're unbeaten their last 13 Serie A games. Um, they're on the road at Verona. And I can get plus money um, with Milan money line uh, plus the under three and a half. Milan has been, when they win, they're pretty dominant. They usually win to nil or uh, something pretty low scoring plus uh under three and a half is at 165 you really 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 want to take a big shot at it and think that uh there won't be a ton of goals scored the plus under two and a half is at plus 340 but i will give myself like a, a little bit of a a little bit of uh insurance and just stick to that under three and a half at plus 165 
Deal. Makes sense. <laughs> deal or no deal. Oh boy. All right. So for my next one, I thought about wish casting on this one, but instead I'm just going to go for um, a action packed match here and say Freiburg Union over two and a half goals at minus 120. Like the past five matches that Freiburg has hosted, all of them have seen at least three fly into the net. And Union's in a situation here where we have no reason really to hold anything back. Like, basically, we have to win this match to have any chance at playing in um, either the Champions League or the Europa League. But unless Hoffenheim can upset Leverkusen, the worst we're going to do is seventh and um, end up playing in the Conference League again. So we pretty much have nothing to lose. So we might as well just go for it. And when we do we tend to be a pretty decent attacking side. So I think there's a very good chance that this sees over two and a half goals happen. That sounds good to me. Sounds good to me too. All right. <clears throat> I'm sticking again, sticking with the same fucking theme here. And both of these plays are on Sunday. So I, I feel really good. One of these will hit for sure. And if I'm lucky, they both hit. It's a really good day. As far as that Arsenal Leeds match, and then this one, Leeds and Leeds is in direct competition with Everton. Everton just got that win against Chelsea last week. Everton double chance at Leicester. Sorry, you guys make fun of me for that shit. Everton double chance at Leicester, and over one and a half goals, which all five of their last five matches. I've scored a minimum of two goals is plus one Oh four. And they're in direct competition with each other. So if they both get a point, let's, let's go. I, I fucking hit both of them. Right. Interesting how you make the, uh, the voice that you made for us trying to get you to say Lester. Instead of- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lester. It had to be like some type of like fucking higher education pompous sounding noise. That's how it's said, dude. Lester. Got the uh, England. (laughs) All right. I don't have any more plays. I don't know if you guys do. I'm out. All right. Um, I think I got another one here. So... All right, I'm going to play to cap off the week. I'm going to go with Austin FC Moneyline against LA Galaxy. And Austin's legit. Like, this is a really good team. They can score like nobody's business. And, yeah, I think that getting them at plus 120 on the money line here is really solid value at home. I thought about taking – Austin to win to nil because Galaxy have been shut out their past two matches away from Carson, but getting plus 120, I don't really need to get greedy here. I'm fine with taking with um taking Austin to um take this one money line. Absolutely. Deal. Quick take. 
you guys hire after the 2022 World Cup, do you hire Josh Wolf, manager of Austin, or do you hire Pep Guardiola, manager of Man City? Pep. <laughs> Josh Wolf is now the manager at Austin FC. He's completely changed them around. I mean, if Burhalter is going to get fired, like, they'll, par- they'll, they'll probably hire somebody like within our system. Joshua, former player. Wait a minute. What do you, what do you mean he's so turned them around? Austin FC. He's been the only coach they've ever had. Yeah, but they weren't that good last year. They were kind of bad last year. Well, yeah, but they were an expansion team. Right. And, and, they, and they played like they played like their first stone 12 games or something away. Oh. You're right, right, but that's still a turnaround. He was coach last year. <laughs> that's why. Sorry, I fucked up. Well, even if it was him last year, it's still a turnaround. It's hard to win with an expansion team. And they mm-hmm. gave him. Yeah. He's got- unless, unless you're Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Or Charlotte. Charlotte's yeah. still good. Charlotte, Charlotte's winning at home, but they're, they still haven't figured out the road. Right. Yeah. I, I honestly, for some reason, didn't think he was their manager last year. I thought he was like a new hire from this year. So gotcha. I fucked up. I was yeah. blindly defending you, Thomas. Like I always. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. It happens. <laughs> I mean, we're. I mean, we're keeping track of teams from across the globe here. Like we've mentioned, like the USL Championship, League Two, um, the Dutch League. So it's natural we're going to have a mistake or two in there from time to time. Absolutely. No, I I had fun. This is this was good. This. There was there was a lot of good um, soccer consumption in the last seven days, as far as just matches and quality of matches and chaos. And this was a very very entertaining week in the world of soccer. Yeah. Looking forward to see what the the rest of the week has to offer and see where we go from here. I mean, league plays are finishing up, domestic yep. cups are finishing up, and that transfer window is about to open soon. Yeah. Hell, for, for me, this past week, it was nice to actually be in a soccer stadium again. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. You and we got, we got five minutes until I either have a very good day or break even. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm already in um, pretty good shape for today, thank, thanks to learning from that Louisville match and cashing that one. There you All go. Right, well, Good luck on your guys' plays, and we'll see you next week. All right. Let's hope the Sounders can pull it off. Sounders, bring that cuff home. Bye, guys. Mighty March on Lynches. Oh, Lord. (laughs)